Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Amanda. I'm Cassie. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And we are so happy to have you back for another podcast today. Today, we are talking about adaptogenic supplements. Um, Whether you've realized it or not, you have probably heard about some type of adaptogenic supplement, maybe mushrooms, herbs, roots, grasses, seeds, powders, pills, the list goes on and on. As registered dietitians, we are not legally or ethically obligated to recommend supplements, especially when we have the research to prove that there is no supplement regimen that can match a healthy diet or regular physical activity. But in light of recent popularity, today we are here to discuss the research related to adaptogens. What are they? How do they work? Who can and cannot use them? Are they really worth the hype? So let's find out. Cassie's going to start us off with, with what are adaptogens? The classification of adaptogenic supplements refers to a group of plants which are thought to help the body adjust to physical, chemical, or biological stress. They are thought to stimulate the body's stress protective response and help its systems return to a balanced state called homeostasis. Homeostasis is a fancy term for equilibrium or normal levels. Basically, if you need an upper, they can be an upper. And if you need a downer, they can be a downer. So it depends on the day. And then I am going to go into the history of adaptogens. The term was first proposed in 1940 by a scientist from the USSR. He defined them as plant-originated compounds that can non-specifically enhance the human body. So non-specifically sounds a little vague, right? A, little vague. <laughs> a decade later in 1950, Soviet scientist Breckman decided that adaptogens must meet four criteria. Number one, they must reduce harm caused by stress states such as fatigue, infection, and depression. Number two, they must have positive excitatory effects on the human body. Number three, in contrast to traditional stimulants, the excitatory effects must not cause side effects such as insomnia, low protein synthesis, or excessive energy consumption. And number four, it must not harm the human body. I think that's important. (laughs) I like that that's in the criteria. This actually caused political upheaval in the Soviet science world as some Soviets were supportive. Some thought the science was crazy, wasteful, and blasphemous. I like that word, blasphemous. You don't hear that very often. Later in 1990, a group of American scientists proposed a modernized definition. Adaptogens are natural bioregulators that increase the ability to adapt to the environment, environmental factors and avoid the damage caused by those factors. So a lot less vague. <laughs> and then in 1998, the American FDA recognized adaptogens as generally safe metabolic regulators with proven effectiveness in environmental adaption and prevention of external harms. And there is some claims that research has um, looked into and that a lot of these adaptogenic supplements put on their labels for consumers to hopefully be influenced by. So um, I'll list a few of them. The first one is to balance cortisol levels and then support cognition, support immune function, anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory, mood enhancing, thyroid and adrenal health temperature adaptation, and decreases fatigue. And this is not to say that these things are proven to happen or supported by research. They're just the main health claims associated with the use of adaptogens. Yes. So moving on, what types of plants are considered adaptogenic? Here are the ones with the most research behind them. Please laugh as I try to um, pronounce all of these (laughs) scientific flower words. So the first one is ashwagandha, which is really common. You've probably heard of that one. Amla astrologus, Eleuthero, Hishuwu, 
holy basil, jayagulan, licorice, makarut, rido- rhodiola, <laughs> and ginseng. Then mushrooms include reishi mushroom, lion's mane, chaga, shiitake, cordyceps, turkey tail, oyster, and maitake. But before you just go order a bunch of these, let's discuss the actual research behind their claims. We are going to discuss the four most research applications, and those include stress, immunity, sleep, and psychotherapy. And I'm going to talk about adaptogens and stress. A study in 2008 on 880 people found that adaptogens function mainly by affecting the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis in response to stimulation by external stress. The individuals were put under a stress test, which included placing shaped blocks and holes of corresponding shapes. They were under a time limit that when lapsed and elicited a small electroshock to the person's hand if any blocks were missing. The test was also in a cold environment of 40 degrees. So that sounds really stressful to me. (laughs) Yes, good test. So um, it was found that the individuals who were given the adaptogen completed the task with more accuracy, more focus, less stress response hormones, and faster recovery time than those who received a placebo. Very interesting. Another study in 2001 on 60 individuals with metabolic syndrome found that Panax ginseng increased the effectiveness of adrenal gland secretion and shut off, thereby abolishing excessive stress hormone production. The ginseng was found to, one, inhibit two major stress hormone receptors, including cortisol, catalyzing them into active inactive compounds, effectively killing them, essentially. Um, And the second would be accelerate the closure of the adrenal gland, shutting off stress hormone secretion faster and improving recovery time. Now we're going to look at adaptogens and the immune system. So some adaptogens classified as secondary adaptogens can't directly influence the HPA axis. However, there's interest in whether or not they affect the immune, the nervous, and the endocrine systems. So there is a little bit of research on adaptogen use and arthritis. And so in a randomized control trial in 2010, participants with arthritis saw a reduction in perceived pain and inflammatory blood markers compared to the placebo group. Another meta-analysis investigating inflammation related to arthritis found that adaptogens reduced inflammation. However, it is extremely important to note that adaptogens are not to be used as a replacement for arthritis meds, and taking them in conjunction with those meds can actually interfere um, with some of them. Not all of them, but some of them, and that's kind of where the gray area in use of adaptogens with treatment for things like this um, arises. And so currently, the American College of Rheumatology does state that there is no scientific proof that herbal remedies are gentler or safer than prescription or over-the-counter meds, and the use of herbal remedies alone for treatment of arthritis is not recommended. Yes, so we talked about immune system and arthritis. Now we're going to talk immune system and cancer and adaptogens. So a meta-analysis of studies completed from 1998 to 2018 suggests that adaptogens play a role in anti-tumor effects. They were found to activate macrophages, T lymphocytes, and other immune cells to enhance the selective apoptosis or cell killing of the cancer cells. The meta-analysis also suggests that adaptogen supplementation alongside cancer drugs such as chemotherapy, tamoxifen, etc. could improve the cell toxic side effects in the rest of the body and reduce the resistance of the cancer cells to the drugs. 
Lastly, adaptogens were found to promote the production of marrow, which increases the production of blood cells that, redu that reduce infection. Again, adaptogens are not a replacement for cancer treatment, nor are we suggesting that cancer patients should take them without a doctor's approval. More research is definitely needed, but the research is obviously promising here. Yeah, and because, again, this alternative, um, you know, treatment of cancer and, you know, arthritis and stuff like that is so popular, the American Cancer Society also has come out um, and does not currently endorse or recommend alternative medical treatments, including these herbal remedies like adaptogens, especially for its risk to interfere with standard cancer treatment. So kind of like Amanda said, just please discuss this with your healthcare team if you're thinking about using any non-traditional therapy for cancer prevention or for treatment. Because I feel like when you look at a lot of stuff, it's, it's still somewhat vague. You know, they just mm -hmm. say like adaptogens, but it's not like how much and what kind, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very So I'll be true. interested to see like as time progresses, because we hear about all those like ashwagandha and stuff all the time. I'll be really curious to see like mm -hmm. what the research shows yeah, moving right. forward, like with specific recommendations and amounts and all that kind of stuff. Very interesting. So now I'm going to talk about adaptogens and sleep. Many people suffer from insomnia and other sleep-related problems. External stress decreases the normal secretion of circadian cortisol, which is the main cause of sleep-related problems. The secretion of cortisol follows the biological clock and external circadian rhythms. The secretion of cortisol peaks in the morning and then decreases, reaching a minimum value at night. Three key studies between 1999 and 2016 found that ginseng-like adaptogens suggest positive roles as a non-addictive sleep aid due to their regulation of circadian cortisol. However, know that proper exercise, diet, and sleep can help maintain stable cortisol levels in the human body too. So we definitely recommend, it always comes back to that, you know, taking care of yourself properly um, is probably going to be the biggest thing that you can do. And so, um, but it is an interesting effect on the circadian cortisol um, from the ginseng-like adaptogens. And I'm going to look at adaptogens and psychotherapy. A study in 2006 at a Russian university used 40 individuals who were labeled as treatment resistant by their respective psychologists. This means they did not respond well to conventional psychotropic medications, not that they were non-compliant. This is a common occurrence, especially in individuals who have a severe degree of disorders such as PTSD, OCD, bipolar, and schizophrenia. The drugs typically prescribed produce undesirable effects such as fogginess, fatigue, depression, lack of or increased appetite, and weight changes. The individuals were split into three groups. So those 40 people were split into three groups, placebo only, adapt adaptogen only, and adaptogen with medication. They attended daily individual therapy sessions, which worked on behaviors and thought analysis. It was found that the adaptogen and adaptogen plus medication groups had improved cognition, regulated cortisol levels, increased thermoregulation, and increased feelings of well-being on a self-perception scale compared to the placebo group. Again, more research is needed, but the study suggests that adaptogens could be a positive application in psychotherapy when paired with a healthy diet and lifestyle. Again, back to that diet and lifestyle. Always paired with it, which mm -hmm. is so interesting. Yes. Um, and then one of the areas that is more well-known with like herbal remedies and adaptogens is that with like stimulants or antidepressant medications, there actually is a lot of reported interactions with those meds and adaptogens, especially St. John's wort, which is actually really common for people to take who have uh, mood disorders or depression and things like that. But you should not take the 
things like that, especially St. John's wort in combination with antidepressants, because it can actually cause some serious side effects. So again, make sure you consult with your doctor when thinking about adding herbal supplements um, to your routine while also treating depression. And then another interesting thing to think about is where uh, is the research not there in terms of supporting helping certain chronic diseases um, or, or conditions and things like that. So um, where we have concluded that adaptogen use really isn't very effective is in osteoporosis, appetite and disordered eating, male and female fertility, and cardiovascular health and diabetes. Yes. So if you want to try adaptogens, here are some things you should consider. The first one is they may react with other medications and they are not universally applicable. Don't take an adaptogen just because your friend took it. Adaptogens can react differently from person to person, so do your research and consult your healthcare team. And they are better in lower doses, most likely. Experts recommend ingesting adaptogenic herbs in small doses each day over the course of 6 to 12 weeks, unless you're directed otherwise by your doctor. Taking larger doses in a single sitting may result in adverse effects, such as nausea, vomiting, dizziness, or headaches. So more is not better. Yeah. And they are meant to build up over time. Adaptogens do not have instant effects. Dang. (laughs) we want it now now. (laughs) they must build up for a suggested period of at least two weeks to reach their full potency they are also meant to be cycled out of your routine for a couple weeks at a time a couple times per year so your body can reacclimate its tolerance Supplements also are not regulated by the FDA, which we have said many a times before. And some of these manufacturers that produce these supplements may actually, unfortunately, try to cut costs and use less herbs and more contaminants. So we like to use consumer labs and NSF to verify whether a product is safe to integrate into your routine. Additionally, there is a lot, a lot of uncertainty. And here at AYB, as dietitians, we are very, very careful about recommending adaptogenic herbal supplements to clients um, and remedies to clients since we still have so much more research to do in terms of things like we've said before, recommended doses, safety, and efficacy. And it is important to practice caution and understand potential contraindications based on your own health status or your friend's health status, your family member's health status. Additionally, adaptogens are not safe for everyone. Some can interfere with certain medications and their use is absolutely contraindicated in pregnant and breastfeeding women. And then lastly for me, you can't out supplement an unhealthy lifestyle. You will always receive bigger and better results when you practice things that we recommend like healthful eating, physical activity, adequate sleep, and stress management, just to name a few. Yes, and please keep in mind that the salesperson at your local health food market may not know everything about every single supplement, so please do not use them as the sole provider for advice for the supplement because they are there to ultimately be a salesperson and try to sell these to you so their business can make money. So no matter how many certifications they may have, ask your doctor or your dietitian before ingesting, especially if you have underlying conditions or are on other medications. One that is most highly researched and is third-party tested, meaning that Um, another party outside of its own business is testing it for safety is Four Sigmatic. Um, This brand can be found at Mama Jeans and other health food stores. They have coffees, cocos, and mushroom powders, and the dosage of the adaptogens is like very, very small. It is organically grown, fair trade, and like I said, third-party certified. They have really delicious coffees and powders, and they can be blended into anything. 
So in conclusion, adaptogens are a fairly well-researched group of supplements with promising health benefits in many applications. However, much more research is needed to discern the efficacy and safety of these supplements. If you want to try one or have a question about a specific brand, please consult us as your dietitians or your doctor first. If you like today's topic, go ahead and like this episode and add a comment below. If you've been listening to Practical Nutrition for a while or are brand new to our channel, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We are continuously trying to grow this platform to share all of the nutrition knowledge that we can, and those reviews can help us do that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and we will see you next time.